Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. My name's Phil Mason. He's Antonio Darkangelis. And we're here to talk PGA golf with you this week. What's happening, Antonio? Nothing much. I'm getting ready for some some uh, Pebble Beach action here. This is a this is a fun event. The amateurs get to play with the pros, so that adds a little bit of element to the mix. Yeah, because you know, I, golf it's different, I guess. Because I played a lot of pro ams in tennis, and, and I never enjoyed them much. Uh, I guess probably because I was hungover most of the time because you had to party the night before. So you know, whatever. But uh, I, I've been to a many uh, PGA events. I, I lived in Las Vegas, so the Las Vegas Invitational is very familiar to me anyway, as is this tournament, the Pebble Beach. And we have Peyton Manning playing in it, Steve Young, Aaron Rodgers is going to play. There's some good There's some good amateurs in this event. Yeah, um, and I think that some of the pros like it and some of the pros don't. I mean, right. you, you notice when you look at the course history, there's a few guys who've done well here consistently year to year. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is is attitude. I don't think some of these guys like playing with AMs. Um, Gary Woodland has said in the past that, you know, you have to kind of keep your head on straight because it can be a long day uh, watching a lot of bad swings. So you, you kind of have to be in a good place mentally when you when you uh, tee it up at this event. Right. And in this one here, though, they're pretty much forced to play with amateurs, right? Yeah, and I think there, there's guys who say, listen, how I finish depends a lot on who I draw as an am. I mean, there's guys who play with similar guys every year, but, I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's it's all who they really they land sometimes that determines, you know, how their attitude is during the course of the week. I know that Paul, Paul Casey was really happy when he won he won the, the Pro-Am event uh, when he finished second here uh, last year uh, when Phil won. So he talked a lot about how he had a really good time uh, with, it was an American Express executive that he played with uh, that he knew. So it was, you know, stuff like that helps. Yeah, tell me about it. I played one time with Donald Trump. Oh, <laughs> don't get me started. You know what? I missed my golden opportunity to take him out. <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, he was a lot younger then, a lot thinner. Um, but he was a big tennis guy anyway. So you mentioned Phil Mickelson. Now, Phil Mickelson, a lot of people think that he's going to return as the favorite and that he's going to do well. But I've been reading in a couple different places where they say he may not do as well in this tournament. Where do you have Phil Mickelson at during this I, week? I, I'm really, I, I really don't like, I, I, I can't go ahead and, and take too many shares of Mickelson, maybe one out of 10 in, in multi-entry GPPs. I just have a really hard time with his, he's really erratic off the tee. And I know that doesn't hurt you a lot here. You can do a bit of a bit of scrambling, but I just kind of want guys to hit some fairways once in a while. And, you know, I just, I just can't go there with him. He's, he's super expensive. Uh, he's up there with all these other elite guys. And just the fact that he has a good history here alone doesn't necessarily make it um, so he's a must for me. I, I'm not going to give you a hard time for playing him because guys like that, I just feel like he could get a little popular in GPPs, and I'm kind of looking at some other guys. Right. Now, because Phil Mickelson, he, he's usually right up there in this event. He's had some good years, right? He, he really has. Uh, I remember when he used to struggle. But he never stopped going for it. That's a, that's an important thing to note when you're watching these guys, the, especially the young guys. 
Now, where's Phil Mickelson at in this whole thing to you? As far as price wise, is he is he at ninety five hundred? Is that a good price for him though? Uh, I mean, ninety five hundred is an okay price. I mean, if you look at his history here, he's he's finished first or second three out of the last four years. Um, in two thousand seventeen, it looks like he he made the cut. He finished ended up finishing in sixty fifth place. Um, but I just don't feel like his game is right there right now. So um, I really like uh, at two hundred dollars more expensive. I would take a shot on, on Matthew Fitzpatrick in GBPs because you're not going to see a lot of ownership there. I really like the guy's attitude. Um, he can get super hot with his putter. And the other thing that I like is he puts bad rounds behind him. So he can he usually has one stinker in the four rounds. But with a 54-hole cut, that, that fault is diminished a little bit um, because, you know, the guys are going to be sticking around for an extra 18 holes. So as long as he kind of keeps it together for the most part, we could see like a 64 or something really low, especially when he gets to Monterey, which um, is the easiest of the three courses. And that's important to note that the cutoff is at the 54th hole and not at the 36th hole like it usually is on Friday night. Yeah. um, The other thing is weather tends to play a factor here. So when they do announce the tee times, I don't think they're posted yet. And they do announce the tee times. We have to kind of look at weather because uh, at Pebble and at Monterey, the winds can play a major factor in scoring in this event. Um, and right now, I think they have winds could pump up pretty good on Saturday. And Monterey becomes the becomes kind of the hardest of the three courses when the wind's blowing a lot. So we may want to kind of stick. We may want to kind of steer clear of some of the guys who have. Saturday times, especially when we look at the day-to-day stuff, the showdowns, we don't necessarily want to play the guys who have Saturday rounds at Monterey if the wind does pick up. Right, that's a good thing to know. And back to Fitzpatrick, you know, one thing about GPPs, I, I know that people think about it as, uh, well, you got to go big or go home, but you also have to have guys who make cuts. And Fitzpatrick yeah. has made all four of his cuts this this season so far, and, and that's what I look for. That's the first thing, the main thing I look for, how many cuts have they made? But more importantly, where did they get cut, and when was that cut? Okay, it's early in the season now, but yeah. uh, it can get kind of daunting in July and August because this is much like tennis where it's a full-time year-round gig. Yeah, I do sometimes. The one caveat I have with looking at that number of missed cuts is you have to remember that some of these cuts early on in the season are no-cut events. Um, so that can be a little... Um, that can be a little, uh, just, you know, off, you know, just a little bit, uh, erroneous because we, we don't want to, we want to make sure that we have those guys who, who make cuts when there's actually a cut and not just guys who, who get into those events where they, you know, you're seeing the top, uh, you know, 50 guys or top 70 right, guys next bit, and yeah. they're all playing all four rounds. Well, that's the, that's the one thing that we also have to make clear. And it's the same as tennis. Some of those Preseason things like I talked about with the Australian Open, those are exhibitions, and everybody plays. You know, the participation medal, let's make a few bucks, let's break a sweat, and let's get off the court. In golf, it's the same thing. And so you have to be careful. That's a very good point. But I like Matthew Fitzpatrick for 9700 Um, Let's just go. You've written an article like you do every week over at Win Daily Sports, and our, and our golf coverage is second to none. Um, I take anyone on 
anyone in the DFS community and pit them against our guys, and our guys will win. Um, Paul Casey. Paul Casey, you've got him right up there. What do you like about Paul Casey, Antonio? I like his consistency here. He's played well here. Um, he's also he's also a nice guy. I mean, he seems to kind of play well uh, alongside some of these amateurs. And, you know, one thing he does struggle with is a short game, but if you can keep your short game in order, I kind of I like him this week. Um, again, I think people are going to be drawn to Dustin Johnson, who's making a trip over from Saudi Arabia, could be a little jet-lagged. Um, and I don't, you know, I know some people who used to hang out with, with DJ back in his days down in, in Myrtle beach, right. um, when he was getting old crazy and, you know, he, I think he's a bit of a diva. I'm not going to say he's, he's, he's up there with Jordan Spieth and some of these other guys, but, um, I, I just don't know if he's ready to play this event after, uh, losing out in Saudi Arabia, making a trip back, you know, on the other side of that coin, I like Graham McDowell a bit just because he seems to kind of have a, a little more of a carefree attitude and, and, uh, price is way cheaper. I mean, DJ's up there over 11 K. Um, and you can save two grand, pick up the guy who just beat DJ in, in Saudi Arabia. The guy's just one of golf's best ambassadors, you know, length isn't an issue here. So DJ kind of loses a little bit of his advantage because the, the, the course doesn't necessarily require a lot of length. Um, and if his, if his, if that wedge play isn't on, isn't at 100%, he's going to, he's going to struggle. DJ's not the best putter in the world either. So, um, I think that it's something where I'm, I'm looking at some of the cheaper guys, especially in GPPs, because I think DJ's ownership is going to be really high. Well, of course it will be. You know, I would say that probably not everyone who plays DFS golf actually follows golf. And he's a name. Yeah. And he's a name. And, and that's a good thing to remember when you're putting together your builds is that not everyone really knows what they're doing. I mean, we saw that on Twitter, right? We see that all the time. You know, People recommend folks. Now, one name that you have in consideration is Brant Snedeker. And, and I think he's going to win the tournament. Yeah, I mean, he won here in 2015. Uh, he, I don't know if there's a better putter um, on tour, especially from distance, than Snedeker. Maybe Tiger. Um, I know Fowler's really good at those 10 to 15 footers. He rolls in a lot of them. Webb Simpson got high with the putter uh, in the last two rounds in this last event, but he's not in the field here. Um, putting helps at, at, at these courses. So Snedeker looks like he's a pretty good Pretty good play. He missed a cut here last year, so that could keep his ownership maybe a little bit lower. But other than that, he's got a, a first in 2015, 35th in 2016, 4th in 2017, and he finished 20th year in 2018. So decent course history, good form. Um, he's let me down a few times when, when, when he's been popular, but – you know, we have to kind of take that as take that with all along with the other lumps that we take in DFS golf. It's pretty tough to get six out of six. And sometimes it's the big money guy that you have at the top that misses. Right. That's happened to me many times. You also have Patrick Cantlay in here as someone to consider for consideration. He's been damn hot. He, you don't think he can keep that up? You don't think he's a good player? Or do you think he's going to be so highly owned that it's not worth uh, having? I think he's, well, he's the second most expensive guy in the field. He is. 
He's going to draw some ownership because of that. Um, I, I have some concerns about his play here because I just don't know a lot about him personally. I don't know a little lot about his, his attitude in golf. I, he finished 48th in 2017 and 35th in 2018. Last year he didn't play the event for whatever reason. I don't know if that was an injury or if he um, just was playing in, in one of the Euro events. But he's not anybody I'm, – I'm not going to go – I'm not locking him in. Let's put it that way. I, he's the kind of guy who I'll take a 20% ownership and be happy – there's some guys who I just want at basically what the field has them at. Cantley's one of those guys. I'm happy to have ownership right around the same as the rest of the field. That makes sense. And now you've got one more guy in your consideration for at the top of the heap when it comes to cost, and that's Victor Hovland. Now, Victor Hovland has had a pretty good season thus far, but I'm not so sure he's going to do well at this tournament. I think it, this guy might be a good fade. He's missed three cuts this season already. What do you like about Victor? Well, he's a first-timer, so there's that. Um, but he seems to be popping a lot of the models. Uh, he's a good ball striker. Um, he's decent around the greens. Um, and he's good in that par-4 efficiency from 350 to 400, which is one of the focus stats that we're looking at this week. So I have him in for that reason. And I just... He's kind of a sneaky play because I don't think he's going to draw a lot of ownership. And I just believe in his talent. Some guy's talent shines through, and he's a guy who could surprise this week. That sounds really good. Now, let's get into the mid-range over at DraftKings. You've got Daniel Berger. You've got Russell Knox. You've got Kevin Kisner, Scott Piercy, Scott Stallings, Kevin Streelman. And of that pairing, of that group, who do you like to just maybe bust out and win? Um, I think Knox has a good chance because he's a guy who, you know, he's probably he's a pretty consistent top 20 guy. Like, I can see Knox finishing in the top 20 relatively easily at this event. But if he gets that putter going, then we could see him finishing in the top five, and that's certainly what we're looking for at, at you know, 8,600, which is a fair price. Kevin Kisner is another, another guy who, while he may not win, he, he, you know, he's a guy who lands in the top five a lot. Um, he finished tied for 28th last year, and he had a top 10 here in 2017. But the guy's just a spot-on ball striker, and he's really strong on Poana Greens. Um, so I like him here. Again, he's a guy who, if he's in that mix on Sunday, sometimes can put together that round and put, it, put himself over the top. He's a good competitor, and he plays – he plays well under pressure. Well, that's part of the whole deal in golf. You have to play well under pressure. And in this event, you have to play well with uh, amateurs, too. And a lot of these guys probably aren't or haven't gotten their uh, working well with others card. I you know, know, and it's funny because Kisner's a guy who I saw a video, an Internet video of Kisner playing, chipping around with a bunch of amateurs at an event and teaching guys how to chip. Right. And just kind of busting chops, and they all look like they're having a really good time. And Kisner looks like he can kind of do that. I know he doesn't really like DFS very much. He's said some nasty things about DFS over the years, about how he doesn't care about the DFS community. And, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, being uh, transparent with all the information about injuries and how people are feeling going into events. 
But he said, that's none of their business. That's none of anybody's business. I'm just here to try to, I'm just here to play golf. I can do whatever I want sort of a thing. But he does seem to play with others. Uh, so that was one of the reasons why I, uh, I used him on there. You can find it online. It's Kisner. Give somebody a chipping lesson. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, see, I know a lot of athletes, including an ex-athlete that's on this end of the microphone who doesn't care about it either. You know, uh, I'm only worried about me, you know. And, and, and I tell my tennis students the same thing. I, you know, I have a couple kids who played in the Australian Open who didn't do as well as they maybe should have. And they were a little ticked off at their prices at DraftKings. I said, F DraftKings, because DraftKings ain't going to make you no money. And at the end of the day, those people who are gambling at DraftKings ain't going to make you no money either. So let's go to work. But uh, So here we go. Let's go here. Kevin Strillman, though. Now, what about Kevin Strillman? I know he's a risky guy, but I'll bet you he goes low-owned. Yeah, going to be low-owned. And, you know, we've seen him do really well at this event over the past four years. I mean, he's got four top 20s and, and top 10s in each of the past two tries. So I'm going to have him in my mix in GPPs. You know, I'm totally comfortable having him at around 20% ownership, uh, especially because, I, you know, we, we would think that his ownership would come in under that. So, you know, if you're putting together 10 uh, lineups and multi-entry, having him in a couple of them is, is probably a good idea. Another guy who I'm going to mix in who, you know, we haven't really heard a lot from him lately, but he, he seems to play well here, and his game really fits this course is Jim Furyk. Oh, that's my guy. Oh, well, I was well. just going to bring him up. That's my guy always. Yeah, Furyk, uh, Furyk's another guy. Um, plays well here. Uh, seems to kind of get along with everybody. Yep. Uh, you know, these, some of these veteran guys, uh, he's, he's played these courses hundreds of times. So that's another thing I'm looking for. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, a guy like Lanto Griffin, uh, he's an interesting play. Now, he might end up seeing high ownership because of that super low price because he's a guy who has performed well, especially in DFS. People see his name and be like, oh, why is Lanto Griffin so cheap? Why is he seventy two hundred or whatever price he's at? He hasn't played. He hasn't played well lately. Um, last few events, he struggled. But he's a guy that kind of again, he doesn't. He's not super long off the tee, but that doesn't hurt you here. Um, and that 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 that'll certainly help. Jim Furyk is his game is best suited for this tournament because of the funny conditions that can crop up. Um, he's straight off the tee, and at Monterey you're going to need to be, and he's a good putter, right? So he, he's one of those guys. I put him in all mine. I, I like him. I, I remember his days playing out in Vegas at the Las Vegas Invitational, how he was nice with everybody, a gentleman, and, and you kind of like to root for those guys. Now, it's not a knock against anyone else who might not be, because the individual nature of the sport kind of demands that you be a little bit of a diva. But it is what it is. Now, the value, guys. This is where you're going to make your money, folks. Now, you've got these guys highlighted in your article. And you can find that over at Wind Daily Sports, by the way. You've got Brian Gay. You've got Aaron Baddeley. You've got Michael Thompson. You've got Hank Libiota. you got Siwoo Kim. Seamus Power. And then a bunch of other guys. Luke Donald's in here. Tyler Duncan's in here. Patrick Harrington's in there. Patrick Harrington, I haven't seen his name in years. What do you like in this lower tier, Antonio? 
Well, we're we're really kind of taking some. These are lottery ticket picks because none of them are sure things. But Gay's got a pretty good chance at making the cut. Um, he shows up in all my strokes gain models, you know, overall and putting. Um, his main problem is he's not super long off the tee. Doesn't get a lot of strokes off the tee, but that's not going to hurt him here that much. Badly showed up in a lot of those same models for all those focus stack categories that I have included in the article. And I really doubt anybody's going to be on this week. So he's a guy you want to toss in a few GPPs. And again, totally fine if it's if it's as, as, as low as one out of 10 GPPs. If you want to have some, I think I'm going to have exposure to him. Um, same, same goes for Mike Thompson. Um, he finished tied for 10th last year, and he ranks high in, in the strokes gain categories, and especially strokes gain around the green, which tends to pop, um, especially on Pebble Beach, which is the hardest of the three courses and requires a pretty good short game. Um, Lebiota is a, a, a guy who he's feast or famine, right? He's one of these GPP plays. He misses the cut or he finishes in the top 25. You kind of just have to, to guess right. But that's the kind of variance that should be expected at these price points. Um, Siwoo Kim tied for fourth last year um, alongside Jason Day, who, you know, coincidentally is also fighting back issues. So, you know, we're going to kind of look for information heading into day one of the tournament to see if we hear anything about Kim. Um, and day and how they're feeling. Um, but, you know, once you get under that 6,500 price point, you're taking some chances. Guys like Seamus Power is another guy. Um, you know, I said, we're only rolling him out in multi, multi-entry at like, you know, one or, uh, you know, one out of 20 or, or one out of 10 GPPs. But he did make a cut here. And he's a guy that, again, Solid Irish golfer, um, and he, we're looking at probably sub two percent ownership on him. So if you get the guy, he makes the cut and he finishes in the top uh, forty. You know that that could work. You look at the you look at how these golfers finished last week. Uh, studs and scrubs worked. The, the the winner of the of the main event on DraftKings had like the top three guys one two three, and that was like Webb, JT, uh, and um, geez, now I'm finished blanking on who finished uh, second in the playoff. But um, that the other three guys were way down because they were super cheap and they just needed to kind of basically make the cut and finish in the top like 40. So that was a really interesting strategy to, that scrubs and studs that we see pay off last week. That's good. Now, you also um, mentioned in your article about focused stat categories, and we're not going to explain them. I'm just going to go over them for the folks who – aren't members of Win Daily yet, and why aren't you? Um, we have people in the green every night, and you will be too if you join our site, $20 a month. Get in that Discord channel and talk to guys like Antonio every day and get advice on your lineup builds, and that goes with all the sports. But you're looking at strokes gained, and you're looking at around the green stats, and you're looking at stats from a proximity from 100 to 125 yards. You're looking for par four efficiency on courses of 350 to 400 yards or holes 350 to 400 yards. Always look at greens in regulation. Always. I don't care where you play. Birdie or better and bogey avoidance. I'll tell you what, there's a lot here. There'll be a lot more up throughout the next couple of days at Win Daily Sports. Antonio, thank you so much for being here with me. We'll be back next week, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I can't stress enough the, the great team that we've built here at Wind Daily Sports. 
Patrick's articles. Uh, there's a few other guys who are insiders on the PGA Tour. No, no folks who are heavily involved, um, regularly getting information. And then, of course, we got Javi. And Javi's really good when it comes to game theory and, and, and figuring out ways to kind of set yourself away from the rest of the field. Um, so he's another guy who's really kind of been involved in our Discord channel in golf. So I'm excited. Let's, let's make, we made a lot of folks money last week. Let's do it again this week. I hope so. For Antonio D'Arcangelis, I'm Phil Nason. I want to thank you for listening to the Win Daily Podcast.